This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about the mojito. Yes, another cocktail hour. It's been a uh, minute since we've yeah. had one. It has been. Um, oh, but what a delightful cocktail hour to come back with. Yes, yes. Um, and so I, I went through a, a huge, huge mojito phase in college, which I now have <laughs> realized probably earned me a lot of enemies. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that more <laughs> later. And it felt like such a step up in my college mind because I kind of started with like screwdrivers and mudslides. That's what okay. I would order. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. mudslide was definitely a staple of mine for a while there. Yeah, and I also did white Russians. I did white Russians, which is close to the mudslide. Right, right. But then, then I figured out my mint problem, my issue with mint, and no more mojitos oh. for me. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I see. I. Okay, I feel I feel like we could workshop this and find something mint-esque that doesn't bother you. And you know, I bet if we could do such a thing, a lot of bartenders would be very grateful for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're asking them to make the same drink with just a different herb, I don't think that they would be particularly, but at least it, it would wouldn't depend. it wouldn't be another heck and mojito. So, I don't know. Um, yes. Uh, Shrug. <laughs> I I also went through a mojito phase. Um, 
a little bit after I was in college, like a like we're probably talking about around the same time frame um, when yeah. they were just very popular here in the United States. Uh, yeah. There was at least one restaurant that for no reason that I can particularly remember, I think it was like an Asian-themed restaurant, but they specialized in mojitos. And I felt so bad for the bartenders there every day <laughs> because it would just be like 30 mojitos coming up. Um, Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> uh, but no, they're, they're delightful. I remember, I think... I was at I was at the club. I was in the club scene. Oh, sure. And I was I was that person that got the mojito, but it was oh, definitely not oh. like somebody suggested it to me because I don't think I would have ordered it. I don't think it was in my uh, on my radar until someone was like, "You've got to try." This. <laughs> <I was> like, yes. <laughs> um, and just a reminder: we have done episodes on lime, rum, agricole, mint, and sugar. All important to this topic we're discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we do need to do an episode still on rum in general, or like I don't know, twenty episodes, like <laughs> like like whatever yeah. whatever format we think that we can work that in on. And also, uh, when I was checking to make super sure, because I have no idea what topics we've covered in the past, um, that we had not done one on rum in general. Yeah, like we've done a lot of episodes. Like we we just flew right by the three hundred mark at some point, <laughs> and yeah. I like and, and just totally unbeknownst to us. Mm, we need to go back and uh, we need to do a, a retroactive three hundredth. Uh, <laughs> ooh, already ooh. got a lot of ideas. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, see, my mind is blank, so that's great. I'm glad that one of us is working on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. We'll have a big saver celebration uh, retroactively. <laughs> retroactively. Definitely. Uh, speaking of celebrations, July 11th is National Mojito Day here in the U.S. Um, just missed it, uh, I guess. But I, but I guess you know, really, any day can be a mojito day, if if you if you so choose. Absolutely. And what is time anymore, anyway? Exactly. Also. Speaking of, I suppose, <laughs> drink responsibly, drink responsibly. Uh, yes, absolutely. I like to put that in those. Yes. But okay, let's get to our question. The mojito. What is it? Well, uh, the mojito is a highball cocktail featuring white rum, fresh mint, lime, and sugar diluted with crushed ice and soda water into a refreshing, kind of smooth-tasting drink. And uh, let's let's break that all down just a little bit. Uh, so a highball is a type of drink with a more not alcohol than alcohol proportionally. Um, the alcohol here in question is a white Cuban-style rum, also called light rum or sometimes silver rum. It's the clear kind. Um, and uh, all right, rum is a is a liquor distilled from molasses, which is a product or byproduct uh, traditionally of refining sugarcane into granulated. Sugar and white rum is aged a couple years in wood barrels, but not long enough to pick up the the deeper colors or flavors of some other rums. So, the mojito is is a pretty simple cocktail, um, not a whole lot of ingredients, um, but they require a lot of care to make well. Um, like it's important to crush the mint enough to release flavor, but you don't want like a glass full of mint pulp that's all like bitter and and leafy. You don't want to drink a salad. 
The sugar and the and the acid from the lime should be in balance, and the the delicate and lightly sweet and kind of like caramel fruity grassy flavor of the rum shouldn't be totally overwhelmed by any of these kind of overwhelming ingredients. Um, and there is disagreement over how to do this correctly. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. You you can find a bunch of strongly worded recipes on the internet. Um, yes, but but I think that basically we can all agree that that your your, your first step in making a mojito is going to be to put your mint and like just a little sugar, like a, like a teaspoon of sugar maybe, in the bottom of the tall glass that you will be serving said mojito in. Um, spearmint is the traditional type of mint, which I did not know and find fascinating. Uh, some people recommend that the sugar be simple syrup instead of granulated sugar. Um, uh, simple syrup being sugar that is dissolved into water in a one-to-one ratio. The granulated sugar can can help break down the mint leaves a little bit. The simple syrup is going to mix better into the drink. Again, I am not stating uh, <laughs> a personal preference. I'm giving right. you the facts. Yeah. Very diplomatic of you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, I will say white sugar is generally preferred either way um, because it's like a cleaner flavor and lets the flavor of the rum come through better. Um, so, okay, yeah, yeah. You, you get your mint and your sugar in the glass, and then you gently smoosh the mint with a, with a muddle um, or the back of a spoon. And what you're not looking to do here is grind. Do not grind that mint because uh, most of the desirable flavors in mint are right on the surface of the leaves, um, caught up in those little tiny hairs that mint leaves have that give them just a little bit of a fuzz, you know? Um, And so you're just trying to get those those oils to release. You're not trying to to mush the leaves. Yeah. Smoosh is a good technical term. (laughs) I am full of nothing but science words. This is truth. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally on board. (laughs) Um, uh, So so next you're going to fill the glass with crushed ice, then add lime juice and rum and stir. Um, Top that with more ice if needed, uh, fill with soda, and then garnish with a sprig of mint plus a lime piece or twist or spent lime half. Uh, A chunk of sugar cane is sometimes included in there as well as a garnish. Um, And then you serve. Um, some folks do add the lime juice during the muddling step, mm. especially if you're using granulated sugar, I think, to help dissolve the sugar a little bit before you get the ice involved. I personally like it when there's a little bit of sugar granulation in the bottom of the drink. Again, again, I, I don't, don't come for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no stance is being taken here. Just uh, explaining effects. Yeah, yeah, and and expressing perhaps a personal preference. Yes, yes, which we're all allowed to have. Yes, hypothetically, the internet sometimes <laughs> tells us otherwise. Yes, yes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but so uh, the the result is going to be just uh, just on the side of sweet, um, with brightness from the lime and this cool hit of mint, and very sippable. Um, the ice melts relatively quickly, blending the drink and giving you a, a slightly different experience as you sip. Uh, uh, this is making <laughs> me want someone so badly. Oh, I know. Uh, 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 all right. <laughs> Well, what about the nutrition? 
again, drink responsibly. Um, and this one depends on how the drink is made. It, it can have like quite a lot of sugar in it. So um, watch watch out for that. But, you know, treats treats are nice. Yes, they absolutely mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems that people do like this treat because we do have some numbers for you. Uh, mm-hmm. The drink is popular all over, uh, but also <laughs> enjoys a fair amount of hate, which we're going to be touching on throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. It is perhaps most popular in Cuba, uh, its motherland. Wayne Curtis, author of And a Bottle of Rum, believes that if you walk into pretty much any old Havana bar and hold up two fingers towards the bartender, you'll probably get two mojitos in return. Oh, Yeah. According to Mental Floss, Google Trends data suggests it is the most Googled cocktail in Poland, and a consultancy firm found that it was the most popular cocktail in the UK in 2014, and I believe also in France. Hmm. It was up there, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but hey, about that hate. Uh, mm-hmm. It is almost always number one on lists of bartenders' most hated drinks. Oh, yes. And that's because it is so fussy to, to make. I, I would just say, I'm not going to tell you not to order one in a bar. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, read the room before you order a mojito. Um, like, if you're not at a bar that generally makes fussy cocktails— or even if you are, but, like, the bar is slammed, consider a different drink. Um, like, if nothing else, the a different drink would get to you faster, and you'll be less likely to be disappointed with the results, I'd say. I, I think that's good advice. And, uh, again, we'll be touching on this throughout, but uh, I wanted to include this quote here. Hmm. According to Willie Melendez, who was then the bartender over at Philadelphia's Alma de Cuba, which this was 2015 when he said this, people butcher the mojito on purpose. I've seen people pour nothing but hatred into the shaker tin, and what you put in comes out. <laughs> So nothing yeah. but hatred. Yep. <laughs> Here's your <laughs> hatred mojito. <laughs> Enjoy. I've had one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I believe I have too. <laughs> um yeah, it's it, it's a fussy enough drink that that there's a whole market of mixes out there for home bars and also places that maybe don't stock fresh herbs or just don't want to be buggered about it. Um uh you know, uh, mixes from just like mint syrup that's meant to be diluted, all the way up to and including, like, mint and lime and sugar mixes that you just kind of add ice and rum to. Yeah, and I, I saw accounts of people putting creme de menthe Ooh. in mojitos. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that is definitely a hate mojito. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm making a face like a like like when a cat gets a smell that it doesn't like on its whiskers. Yeah. Like, oh, like, get it off me. Oof. Can't uh, confirm. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, but that flavor, uh, is also like, like mojito is a flavor now. Um, it, it became popular enough that there are all kinds of packaged products that come in this mojito flavor. Um, France has mojito flavored seven up, uh-huh. which as of 2016 accounted for 15% of all seven up sales in that country. Wow. I know. Huh. Right. <laughs> huh. Um, yeah, there's candies like uh, like gummies and gum, uh, scented stuff like candles and perfume. There's mojito perfume, y'all. Um, it's a baking extract. It's a vape flavor. I'm always wondering about those alcohol-type perfume scents. That if I were to wear one, if someone recognized <laughs> that they would think, wow, she's 
She's drunk. <laughs> She's always drinking mojitos. Uh, but I guess if you could recognize that smell, I don't know. I assume uh, I assume that they dial back the like booze scent and aspect. dial up the like right the like lime and maybe caramel and and mm. mint scents. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, <laughs> also, just a, I know this isn't that show, but but just a quick note: flavored vapes. Maybe don't maybe don't do them. Like if you, if you are trying to quit smoking by using vapes, I applaud you all day every day. I'm happy for you. Um, but just the, the the research that's out right now about the flavorings that go into vapes. Um, the the thing is is that these these are flavorings that are FDA approved for ingestion for eating, but they are not approved for chronically inhaling. Right. So I, I would, I just, I, I just want, I just want you guys to have a nice time. Yeah. 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 Maybe avoid flavored vapes. Yes. Good note. Um, but if you're looking for a cheesecake, uh, <laughs> Betty Crocker has a mojito cheesecake recipe for you. Oh, I, <laughs> the exact same way that I want y'all to have a nice time, I also want you to have as much cheesecake as, as you mm possibly desire. Um, yes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there are like a heckin' lot of recipes out there for mojito-flavored foods. Um, mojito bars, uh, kind of like, like lemon bars, but lime and minty. Um, mousses, pies, cupcakes, popsicles, ice cream, smoothies, salsa. Using the flavors as an inspiration for, for marinades, for meats or fruit salads. I found a recipe for a mojito macaroni salad. And y'all, I am still confused. It's like it's like elbow macaroni and green peppers and crumbled queso fresco and chopped green onion and mint, and it's tossed in a dressing of mayo and lime juice and chicken bouillon. And I, huh. and I don't want that. Hmm. I maybe maybe I'm not thinking of it right. I mean, there's only one way to find out, Lauren. Oh. <laughs> And you allowed to be you because it has mayo. No, I'm just kidding. I would go in with you. Oh, um, I can't do the green peppers. See, this is this oh, is ni- neither of us. We're both precluded. Well, darn it. <laughs> 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 I'd be open to it, honestly. But yeah, I'm a I'm a little. I ju- I'm not sure. I'm I'm getting the the vision that the <laughs> author of this recipe wanted me to get. But I, you know, could be great. It could be. Often food surprises you. Often, yes. Sometimes (laughs) in a bad way. (laughs) Also true. Very true. (laughs) Uh, You know what else is surprising? History. Oh, usually, yeah. Um, And we will get into the history of the mojito after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Yeah! 
Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And it wouldn't be a cocktail hour without some intrigue, legend, and multiple... Origin stories. Multiple, completely unconfirmed origin stories. Yes. 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 (laughs) One of the more prominent ones has to do with a bar in Havana, Cuba, called La Bodaguito del Medio. They claim to be, this bar does, to be the originator of the drink. And the claim enjoys the particular oomph of Ernest Hemingway, who, my God, does he come up in every cocktail hour we talk about? <laughs> um, singling out their version as his favorite. Tracing this version of the story back a bit, the story usually goes that enslaved people on the Cuban sugarcane fields created the drink using aguardiente de cana or firewater of the sugarcane. This was basically simple sugarcane alcohol. But. And I find this interesting. Some actually dispute that Hemingway thing, pointing out that at least in their view, La Bodeguita del Medio was known for its food, not its drinks. Hmm. Now, there is a saying on the wall of this bar, allegedly signed by Hemingway himself, (laughs) that reads in Spanish, but I'm going to read the English version. My mojito en la bodeguita, my daiquiri en el fodorita. But some people think it's fake. (laughs) (laughs) I can't pin down one damn thing in these cocktail hours. (laughs) I, you know, I I love it. I love a good cocktail mystery. I love that that bars are are motivated to tell these tales um, Mm -hmm. and that people have have emotions about them. It's all it's all very nice and really frustrating as a researcher. Agreed, agreed, agreed. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so another version of the Mojito's origin story goes back to when Sir Francis Drake attempted to raid Havana of its gold around 1586. And he failed on that front, according to some sources, because Spain's King Philip II had warned his governor in Havana about the incoming attack. um, And Drake was the emissary of England's Queen Elizabeth I. And or... 
Drake really didn't put much of his heart into it. He gave up after a few shots. <laughs> um, and on top of that, much of his crew was suffering with dysentery and scurvy. So desperate, Drake sent a party to trade with the indigenous locals who were known to be proficient in the medicinal use of plants of the region. And the party returned with aguardiente de cana, lime juice, mint, leaves, and sugarcane juice. So they mixed all the ingredients together, and voila, they had something that sources indicate worked. Now, we know it was probably the lime juice <laughs> doing sure. the heavy lifting there. For the scurvy, um, definitely, yeah. Yes, exactly. But I'm sure the sailors appreciated the added flavor. Absolutely. I feel this also comes up in most of our cocktail hours. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some sources indicate a popular cocktail in the area at the time was named after Drake. El Drac or El Drake, depending on, wasn't sure if that derived from the French pronunciation or the Spanish. Um, but yes, it's perhaps named in the wake of the attack. And it was composed of pretty much the same stuff with the possible addition or substitution of brandy. The drink probably wouldn't have been called mojito in its inception in this version of the story. Some think that enslaved African peoples didn't invent it, but gave it the modern name, or that it is a mashup of the Spanish word for a little wet, mojadito, and mojo, the name of a lime-based seasoning in Cuba. Um, also, an African word that I couldn't really trace the origins of, but hmm. uh, mojo meaning little spell. Oh, hmm. Um, and all of this is also part of the origin story of the daiquiri. And you can see our daiquiri episode for more on that and where they kind of diverge. Yes, yes. Uh, other versions say the mojito was a natural evolution at a time when rum in Cuba was difficult to drink. You'd naturally add whatever you could to make it more drinkable, including things like lime, mint, and or sugarcane juice. A lot of people think this was primarily happening with uh, working-class people on farms. Um, and also, I would say in general, this is probably the answer to most origin stories for cocktails, <laughs> uh-huh. is that it was invented in more than one place. It both served uh, making perhaps less than tasty alcohol taste better uh-huh. and mm-hmm. also some sort of medicinal, believed medicinal purpose. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. And then... Probably white tourists came in, and then that's where the origin story usually uh, the flag is pinned. But I would say multiple people invented it in different places. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The establishment of Bacardi in the mid-1800s probably helped this drink and those other drinks like it gain popularity. Yeah, and uh, this is a fascinating story. Uh, Facundo Bacardi bought this distillery in Santiago, Cuba in 1862 and um, began making, um, and I I think he was using a um, a different refining process for the molasses, began making this this light, bright, smooth rum that was just excellent for for mixing. Um, And it really pushed along Cuban cocktail culture along with rival rum company Havana Club um, in the 1870s, I think, is when they hit the scene. When Ernest Hemingway sang the praises of the drink that he had had at La Bodeguita del Medio, that only popularized it even more. Cuba was the largest producer of rum and sugarcane in the 18th and 19th centuries. By some accounts, uh, when Bacardi rum replaced the aguardiente, the drac or drake became the mojito. 
In Ramon de Palma's 1833 work, El Cholera in La Habana, he mentioned El Draque or El Draque. And then, along comes Prohibition in 1920. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The mojito spread outside of lower and middle class farmers where it was gussied up a bit with soda water and ice in a tall glass. Americans that could afford it traveled to Cuba to have a few drinks, including Mm -hmm. the mojito. In some versions of the origin story, the mojito was a result of these Americans introducing the mint julep to the locals of Cuba. Probably not true. Probably not. Nope. Nope. No, no, no. Perhaps the first recipe for the mojito in an American cocktail book appeared in the 1939 cocktail recipe book, The Gentleman's Companion by Charles H. Baker, or perhaps earlier in the 1932 edition of Sloppy Joe's Bar, (laughs) which is a nice, nice title. I like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. La Bodeguita del Medio, operated by Angel Martinez, opened in 1942, though under a different name, and it changed names twice. Because the drinks were so good, again, depending on what source you read, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. he drew in celebrities like Nat King Cole and Pablo Neruda. Demand for the mojito dropped significantly after that, almost gone completely by the 1960s outside of Cuba. Some suspect this has to do with the rise of shelf-stable foods and drinks. And there was also the problem of procuring Cuban rum after the Cuban Revolution. Um, Because starting in 1959, the new government um, nationalized big private businesses. Uh, That's how Bacardi wound up in Puerto Rico, um, like, eventually. Uh, And due to trade restrictions, other Cuban rums, like the aforementioned Havana Club, were no longer available in the United States. It wasn't until the 1990s that the drinks started to make a comeback, perhaps a part of the rise of Latin cuisine in the United States with the help of celebrity chefs. The mojito particularly took off in cities. According to James Giles, a bartender who was then working at Joe's Pub in Manhattan, uh, this was 2015, when he was asked the most popular mixed drinks at his pub, his answer was Cosmos and Mojitos. Hmm. Mm -hmm. After the article was published, it set off this mojito boom, Giles said, <laughs> when asked about it, a lot of the bartenders were really upset with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and to clarify, so he said that in the article, he said Cosmos and Mojitos in 1997. But this, the quote I got was from 2015. And uh, they these quotes come from a 2015 Punch article by Drew Lazar called, Can the Mojito's Bad Reputation Be Saved? In it, Lazar writes, That speaks to another one of the Mojito's perceived negatives. It's the quintessential train reaction drink, meaning the second you mix one, everyone within a half-mile radius is going to want one, too. (laughs) Another bartender called it a disease, and others called it a panic order. (laughs) Huh, um, uh, those those last two quotes, um, the the article that those quotes ran in um, from the New York Post in 2012, <laughs> the the lead image was captioned um, "Mojitos, mo problems." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I believe it had a, a bartender smashing a mojito with a hammer, like yes. a big goofy hammer. 
Yeah, yeah, that was the image that that that, that caption was attached to. Um. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and the mojito featured in the 2002 James Bond film Die Another Day in a scene where Jinx, played by Halle Berry, and James Bond, uh, played by Pierce Brosnan at that time, are flirting uh-huh. and, you know, surprise, surprise, he offers her a mojito, this may be one of the reasons the mojito experienced a surge in popularity in the early 2000s. It also appeared in Miami Vice in 2006. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to blame Miami Vice for this entirely, but I will say that between 2006 and 2009, the appearance of mojitos on menus in the U.S. grew 350%. Ooh, I will blame Miami Vice for that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of menus, Applebee's began selling mojitos in flavors like mango, wild berry, and strawberry in 2011. And you know, if Applebee's is doing it, you have made it. Oh. You have made it. Huh, I, um, I guess, yep. <laughs> we also have a work Applebee's group. Um, <laughs> and we've been trying to get to Applebee's for a long time because I believe two of our members— have have hundreds of dollars worth of Applebee's gift cards. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, our, our, our dear friend, uh, producer Paul, uh, just really, I think, unironically adores Applebee's. There's yes. something, like, very nostalgic about it for him. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we've, we've gone as a big old group and had just a nice lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now Dylan, super producer Dylan, he made a Facebook group called, like, Get Paul to Applebee's. And he just put an arbitrary date on it. And it's like a year from now. And we're thinking, you know, post-quarantine, it might be time to throw down at Applebee's. Yeah, that Applebee's party is going to be lit. <laughs> it's going to be so lit. We'll get mojitos all around. Yeah. Um, in 2015, the then-managers of L.A.'s Honeycut, Dave Fernie and Mary Bartlett, joined forces with Bacardi to rehabilitate the mojito's image after witnessing people order the drink with what they described as sort of an apologetic, embarrassed oh. air. So the partnership with Bacardi was called the Mojito Project, and it was a charity fundraiser at a handful of bars. And as a part of this, they made a mock PSA called Nojito, uh, or the risks that come with mojito deficiency, as they called it, or also <laughs> mojito-lessness, uh, <laughs> which was primarily caused by thirst shaming. Oh. Yes. So a lot of strong thoughts about the mojito. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're I mean, you know? Yeah, I mean— it makes sense, and I feel like I learned a lot in this this one about <laughs> the difficulties of making one that I perhaps never appreciated before. So, uh, we we also right before we started recording, we we, we texted uh, producer Alex, our, our our buddy who used to be a bartender in in a in another lifetime, um, and. Uh, Another work lifetime, not like another like lifetime lifetime. Mm-hmm. I, or I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't asked him about that. But at <laughs> any rate, um, we texted him and he, and he uh, you know, we're just like, hey, opinion, saver opinion poll. What's your, uh, what are your thoughts on the mojito? And he reports, um, the mojito is a refreshing summer classic. The best iteration is very simple. No artificial bullshit and lots 
lots of mint. Like, more mint than you think. Like, whole plant. Like, overfill the glass. Never strain. Chew that mint salad. (laughs) (laughs) That is such an Alex response. That is so great. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm glad he doesn't seem to harbor any leftover uh, malicious... Uh, I don't know, malicious, uh, or ill fillings yeah, yeah. towards the mojito. Me too. <laughs> I got to witness him bartend once, and I was very impressed. He was doing, like, cocktail yeah. tricks. Oh, all the tricks? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got a lot of skilled people we work with, Lauren. Gosh, we do. Gosh, we do. And we also hear from a lot of amazing listeners. Oh, that is accurate. And we will get into some listener mail right after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener Listener mail. (sighs) Yeah. Refreshing. (laughs) So refreshing. Darn it. Darn it. (laughs) (laughs) Vivian wrote... I have had mangosteens precisely once in my life. I saw it sitting alluringly on a shelf at a Chinese supermarket in Boston and bought a whole very pricey bag. Hmm. I brought it to a birthday party a day or so later where we all proclaimed it one of the most amazingly sweet, succulent things we've ever had. There's another fruit that I've had once that reminds me of mangosteens in color, shape, and sweetness, despite not being remotely related— the star apple or milk fruit. Hmm. 
This one I had in Minnesota when I was visiting my boyfriend's family, who's Vietnamese, they told me that in Vietnamese, the fruit is literally called the breast milk fruit. Hmm. The white, juicy center can be scooped out of its soft purple cocoon with a spoon. I can't recall the exact taste profile, but suffice to say that it was creamy, sweet, and sent my taste buds into transports of delight. (laughs) I had a fun time thinking about cheap childhood eats, mostly breakfast foods that I could prepare in a minute or less and eat before running out the door to catch the 640 school bus before my parents were awake. (laughs) There's potato bread with Costco's blue crab spread, a slice of pecan pie. To this day, I can't believe my health-conscious parents let me eat dessert for breakfast. But the one that set off the most powerful craving at midnight as I was trying to go to sleep, thanks a lot, is a warm (laughs) Costco croissant dipped in cold silk soy milk. I would microwave the croissant for precisely 20 seconds to achieve a toasty softness without risking sogginess. This was just enough time to pour out a bowl of soy milk. My method of eating was to soak the croissant progressively as I ate it. There was always more soy milk left than croissant. Each bite was a heavenly outpouring of gently sweet, refreshing soy milk, followed shortly thereafter with a mouthful of buttery layers that were fluffy and rich and delicate and chewy all at the same time. I don't think I realized this at the time, but thinking back, this is a lot like the traditional way of eating the common and deeply unhealthy breakfast food, yu tiao, often called a Chinese curler or donut. Ooh. I love Mm. that. I feel like... My uh, breakfast foods in your situation were much more boring. <laughs> like I ate toast with cinnamon on it or cream of wheat. Unless it was a test day and then I got eggs. Right, right. I think I was a solid like bowl of cereal, like either Honey Nut Cheerios or Frosted Mini Shredded Wheats. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or pretty much the entirety of my childhood. I cereal was a dessert in my house um, and it was one of my favorite desserts and I craved it and I still crave it often (laughs) but I think I like these you're much more creative (laughs) yeah yes yeah Mm -hmm. oh those are lovely um Anthony wrote I just listened to your podcast about muffins, and I couldn't help but comment on your mention of muffins. I'm from Toronto, and at the time muffins was growing in popularity, I was around five. But I remember seeing them everywhere, and their muffins are unforgettable. They were the typical huge muffin top muffins that Seinfeld talked about. Just hearing muffins takes me back to my childhood, walking the mall food court with my mom. I'd been thinking about muffins lately since everywhere that sells muffins no longer makes them with big muffin tops. With all this extra time I have with COVID, I searched the internet for a muffins recipe to get those big, crunchy muffin tops. I found one that was close, but after making it, it just wasn't muffins quality. I guess I'll keep looking. I'll admit, I largely (laughs) really just wanted you to have to pronounce muffin. (laughs) Over and over again. I cottoned cottoned to that slowly as you, like, continued giggling. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I just love this. I... This has never been on my radar. It's not something I knew about. Um, yeah. And I do hope that you will are able to achieve the muffins quality uh, one yeah. day. Yeah. 
Oh, me too. Me too. I've, yeah, I've never, I've never made muffins like for that level of fluffiness. Like I've never tried to get them to like really overflow the muffin cup too hard before, but, but I'm, but I, I know that there's a way to do it. I'm sure. And I'm, and I know that there's a way to do it without like making them taste like chemical. So. Yes. Yeah, well, keep us posted, Anthony. Uh, yeah, definitely. If you mm-hmm. figure out this mystery. <laughs> 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 Thanks to both of them for writing. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SaverPod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Yeah. Um, uh, Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.